After Things is brought to you by Patreon.com slash Weird Things. Thank you for supporting this show. Hello and welcome to After Things. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello, the friends. one and only, mm-hmm. the one and only, totally not replaceable, Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hi, everybody. My head is on unexploded and is still on my shoulder, which is still attached to my shoulder. Looking so fresh today, like uh, like like the day you uh, decanted from the hopper. Oh, <laughs> from the Bryce Bowl, and they brought me out of the tumbler. <laughs> And that's uh, the gymnologist there that runs the tumbler is Mr. Brian Brushwood. Ah, <laughs> oh, how are these Bryce's looking today? Ah, oh, sparkly, perfect. Now ah, a little more time in the tumbler. Ah, we'll put a finer wash on this time. It'll be great. It's a shiny little marble. I mean, Did a, I say great? Tumbler, I meant granite. <laughs> Gran- a rock tumbler is kind of a brilliant thing because you're like, man, I got to... I got to make these rocks smooth. Like, you know what makes a rock smooth? What's that? Another rock. Okay, but I'm just going to sit here and just rub these rocks together. And somebody's like, there's got to be a better way. I know. I'll there's just glue them to my shoes way. and I'll walk around. No. Uh, speaking walk. Of, speaking of those some... ads, uh, uh, th- th- there's always like the trope of like somebody who can't do something in black and white and then somebody cool doing it in color. Yes. <laughs> uh, my, my new favorite is, uh, as Justin and I keep noticing at the sports bars, uh, people oh, <laughs> who are no. who are weak no. and wimpy no. with all their tangled hoses. No, <laughs> these are the the Nugenics ads uh, what? for yeah for people <laughs> with low but, uh, low T and and so it's it's Frank Thomas, the old baseball player, and Doug Flutie, the old football player. But there's just a lot of people complimenting Frank Thomas for how. Uh, uh, virile he is, and testosterone. And he's like, and and so they have a lot of metaphors of like very uh, frowny wives uh, and men who have tangled hoses that aren't <laughs> able to get their hoses straight. And meanwhile, other people are like very clearly standing in front of a curtain in front of nothing, accepting an award for being awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and then walking and, off. And there's just a lot of very awkward, like, hey, big hurt. You seem like you're a, a real alpha male. And he's like, well, I am now that I've had new genetics. Uh, uh, you know, I won't lie. Uh, it's me, Doug Flutie. Uh, uh, there was a brief moment that I thought I wasn't awesome, but then I discovered I could throw footballs again. Hard. Hard football. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And, and and your ladies will like it too. Wink. Wink. That's actually a part of the script. That's not, part of it. Yes. Yeah, that's, yes. that's a part of the script. Wow. You you laugh, but like, do you ever notice like there's a point where let's say like you get sick and your wife, you get like a day and then your wife starts to look at you like you're kind of pathetic. Uh, well, I like, mean, for, I uh, every me. day is that day. <laughs> <laughs> when, especially when it's my job to do one thing, feed the dogs and the kids. <laughs> Yeah, there's that 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 where you live in this constant judgment, this sense of fear. Like, you know what? I don't think he's capable anymore. I don't. He's you know. You're like, oh no, no, I'm still valuable. Please. Anyway, welcome to the after hey, things. Hey, <laughs> don't throw me away. 
This ads are so great. I love them. You go on forever. And they also, they, they, they hey, big hurt. They, they're, they're also like trying to track hurt? marketing. Hurt. So it's like they're running out of words and they're like, use promo code zoology. Yeah. <laughs> use promo code veins. <laughs> I, I want to, I want to change tack here and I want to talk about something. So we, we mentioned in the last show how, Starship has now got approval to launch. The technical achievement of actually launching it, landing, and everything else that goes with it is still unproven. Um, I I think that I think even skeptics are willing to bet it will happen. Maybe not in this super aggressive timeline of which, like I bought into or I'm hoping for, but. It maybe maybe it doesn't happen the next five months, maybe not five years, but probably by the end of the decade. I think reasonable people agree. Like, yeah, we're gonna have fully reusable rockets. That seems like a likelihood by the end of the 2020s that, that we're gonna have that, and then whatever that means with it. And I think a lot of people get focused on like, oh, so just rich people going to space. It's it's kind of like looking at the first canoes and going like, oh, so you can just go see what's across the lake. It's like, no, like the, these are things that you know. Look at a cargo ship that started from a canoe you know that started from these things scale up and we were were able to have this big huge economy because we can move people and goods around the world very quickly and when you think about space exploration that's what underpins reusable rockets is that going to the moon instead of this billion dollar per seat that it took to send people to the moon space it changes and also artificial intelligence i don't know where we're going to be by the end of the decade as far as you know super intelligent ai I don't know that we're going to have systems that think like we do or have sentience or consciousness like we do, but I know that we're going to have systems that are way smarter than the ones we have right now, and the ones we have now are pretty darn smart compared to where they were. And so I think by the end of the decade, AI is going to be accelerated. And that means AI assisting physicists. We've already seen AI working in fields of medicine and physics. We're actually starting to see really useful results out of this where it's able to make predictions and do things like you know, generate you know ideas for enzymes, the plastics, et cetera. And I think we're going to really, by the end of the decade, be in this age of accelerated takeoff from AI. Uh, so something that is boots on the ground right now, functional with AI, and um, I'm only thinking about it because we just talked about it on the previous show, but um, uh, I, there was a tendency to think of like big ideas, big breakthroughs happening through AI, but there's also little details that are good enough. For example, I'm assuming that the writer's room at the boys, when they need to create 15 different posters that are all riffing on various versions of NRA memes to put in the background of a shot that lasts two seconds. Right now, I assume all of that is being put together by humans, but given the fact that one 45-minute episode will have as many of, as four or five of these vignettes, and each one of them, like you could pause them and you're like, that's a clever riff on this. That's a clever riff on that. I mean, none of them are meant to be paused and give your full attention to. Um, that seems like work that the AIs could take over right now. Uh, not only the writing of, but also the, the pictography. There's a lot of cases in my other job. I become I come aware of a lot of cases of things that AI is highly capable of. It just hasn't had time for somebody to sit down and figure out how to apply it or put it into there or build a platform to make that happen. And I think that's one of the things where, you know, GPT-3 came out two years ago and 
it's being used in production a lot, and we've got other models that come out from other companies that are extremely capable and are being used a lot, and but in ways that aren't always apparent to people, but we're still learning. It's like the scenario you gave, like, yeah, like, there's a lot of things, like, right now, like, uh, the example I use is, is that when ILM did the facial replacement for Luke Skywalker at the end of The Mandalorian, they used, like, a 20-year-old face mapping thing, and it didn't look good. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, it's newer. It's like, now the principles were the same. Verse, but there really was a much better technology in the form of you know, a way to do a deep fake, you know, and have an AI do it. They just didn't know. They just, the people didn't. They either leave it at no or chose not to use it. But once you see that used, you go, oh, yeah, this is way better. And a lot of it's just, yeah, the technology is there. It just hasn't been distributed evenly. It it almost makes me wonder, let's say you're shooting the boys and there, there, there are three different, you know, conventions that are going to be depicted. Um it, it's almost like go ahead and just put up QR codes for all of that and then have uh, 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 GPT-3 write and, and mock up all of them and then just use facial tracking for test audiences and A-B test various configurations. Imagine a television show where much like, you know, one of the wonderful things about the iPhone was that it magically got better every few months when an update would happen. So imagine if this show of the boys, just every time it's watching, there's enough test audiences that it just repaints the, the posters with better punched up jokes in the background. Yeah, or you could, th there might be some argument to say that we all want to have the same consistent experiment, experience and that, and that there's a value to a thing being the same, but then take that feedback and make season five better or whatever. But you take that same idea though and say like, okay, we all have our Apple watch and we're all given, people are given different medications and we have a lot more data going in there. And the AI is looking for the effects. The AI is looking to see what measures there are and then signaling to doctors and saying, hey, I noticed this really strange correlation between four hours after somebody takes this medication and then they have caffeine, their heart accelerates, which never showed up in a research study. You get into a lot of areas like this where how medicine can be accelerated and a lot of everything everything like these things would be applied to everything and responsibly of course and that's that's the thing is is that you don't want to over promise and that's what's happened before in ai is oh, i could do all these things and kind of like well yeah i could do one day this system right now can't do that but anyhow i think that i think we could reach a point of incredible acceleration like your example of how you could apply it to entertainment to make sure something works better to medicine to materials things like this and i do think more about like what what would a singularity look like? What what would what would a post scarcity situation in the sense that real estate will still be scarce, at least earth real estate? Um, you know, certain things will be scarce, like we're still gonna want things, people, we're gonna want people attached to brands and things like that. The example I use is you could have an AI create a song that sounds as good and great as Billie Eilish, but her story that she's a real person and she and her brother as you know teenagers created this music in the bedroom gives it value it gives it depth and there's going to be places where i don't i'm playing a game i don't care where the music came from so there could be places like i want to connect to another human through a music or a podcast so i think that world's going to be there but i do think a lot what is that world going to be like what would that world be like and i don't know if it's all good uh uh may i suggest uh, as a theory a lot of vtubers because if you could be detached from your silly physical body for example it, we kind of see a version of this where when we're doing a live to tape anything, there's a little bit of stuttering, stammering, me trying to figure out my point or whatever, but all of that gets clipped out on the YouTube stuff. That's why we get accused of being scripted when really it's totally unscripted. It's just that we cut out all of the filler words. Uh, I think VTuber- yeah, somebody would write that? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah right? Uh, uh, I, I think VTubers, and even with a slight time delay, you know, a little nip and tuck on stutters and stammers could be fixed. And then I, 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 I think you would, I don't know, I, I think you could polish everything. Well, it depends yeah, you, on what, you, what, what we really want, right? Like, what, what is that line of authenticity where in, in podcasting, and this is something that I've talked to with people who have, like, done the America's Next Top Podcasting Challenge and or just asked me for advice, I would often tell them, don't aggressively edit out your ums and ahs. Like, like get better at doing it. And also, every once in a while, an um and an ah and a stammer tells you that this is authentic. And, and when you were in, in that medium, you want authenticity above almost anything else because why else are you inviting these people inside your ears? Uh, uh, but there are also mediums like World's Greatest Con, for example, where it's like when we put a stutter or stammer in there, we are doing it very specifically artistically. Otherwise, we are eliminating everything that could be uh, uh, construed as that. It, it is to articulate, and that's an interesting example because part of it is meant to sound like an audiobook. Part of it is meant to sound like a soundscape drama. And part of it is meant to sound like a thoughtful soliloquy. And, yeah. and they all have different cues that they require. Yeah. Today, you know, the box office is a huge, 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 huge business, but so is Broadway and live productions. Like, they still exist. And you go see a movie to see everything polished to the final point that it needs to be, and you go watch a play in person to see these people try to recapture this or to try to make this thing live for you. And so I think we're going to live in a world where it's going to be like that. There's going to be, hey, I, I want the most perfect idealized version of this. And hey, I want I want to see people, I want to see it made through challenging conditions. You know, it occurs to me that something harder to do, let's take uh, Boston Dynamics and their robots, right? Harder than creating a robot that can move with precision or a robot that dance is one that could believably mimic, uh, whether it's you know looking drunk, being intoxicated under. Imagine a robot that's function is to, you program it with what narcotic it would be under. And it would perfectly mimic uh, medically the the nature of being somebody on the nod from heroin versus coked up versus uh, whatever else, right? Um, that that is exciting, both as an a strange artistic endeavor, but also as a functional training thing. Because now, if the robot can do it, then humans can be trained on it, and that means robotic cameras can recognize it. And then all of a sudden. You have a robot bouncer who can tell when somebody's had too much. Yeah, sure. there's a lot of areas for like, you know, sometimes just doing things purely in simulation. Like how do you get a robot to teach itself to walk? And instead of programming it how to walk, let it try to solve the problem by itself. And then, you know, as we've scaled things up and we look at, you know, if you want to study movement disorders and things like this, you could say, oh, uh, this seems to be actually the knee not doing the thing that it's supposed to be doing. And this is the same thing we see with people with certain kind of degenerative disease. Like, oh, now we have an idea. Uh, you could also use it. I don't know. I sent Bryce an example of for acrobats to see where an acrobat might potentially fail. Uh, okay. I don't, I, I, I saw this and I couldn't tell what it was supposed, what I thought I was supposed to be seeing. So at Disneyland California <laughs> Adventure, they have a 
they uh, Imagineers have made this brilliant acrobatic robot that's able to like a Spider-Man robot. So they have dairy parts of the show. They have a person running around a Spider-Man that he goes around a building. And the next thing you know, Spider-Man appears and swings from a rope and flips up and lands on top of a building. Only in this situation, it didn't land on the building, the wind or something happened, and it actually just smashed into side of the building. So the idea is is all the, the, the cues are that he goes inside the building and, and and the joke is actually that he lands hard uh but it's even funnier when he does not land inside the building but instead breaks through uh, uh two uh, uh of, of the pieces of the siding and then falls uh uh down somewhere below that was one of the most awesomely surreal moments of the weekend because i thought to myself because um as they do at theme parks the scale is kind of off so those panels read as like full stories and and i'm trying to piece together in my mind like is is this man 20 feet tall or or and and if 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 it's not a man then why did they throw a dummy at a building I thought you. Yeah, yeah I, I should have supplied more context because they've got a whole like Disney. Oh, oh, uh, well, Disney Plus you, that- you you did supply enough. I, I just clicked on it and it said you're not logged into Instagram, and then I didn't find out anything more. Yeah. So. But yeah, so it's it's a remarkable achievement, by the way, like what they've done there with this robot. Oh, yeah. Now they can do these shows with so a mixture of humans and robot, and it's 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 a lot of times like. People go like, ah, oh, CGI is not that good. No, CGI is not good when it fails. You know, yes. like, oh, this robot. Like, well, this show, this robot's done this move thousands and thousands of times and executed it perfectly every single time <laughs> until here, where it took out part of the building. Was it but, not supposed uh, to do that? Because it actually, no, I no, would it, be surprised it, 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 if it no. wasn't surprised it, it's, to break. It, yeah, no, it, it's supposed to go over the top and into the building. Oh. And, and so if you listen to the yeah. audio, he's like, deploy the airbags. And he goes, oh, like, like there are no airbags. And he's like, oh, I'm Spider-Man. Like <laughs> there yeah. are days and there are days. Basically. But yeah. instead Almost of like he crashed into the side of the. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it plays with him like, like, like comedically. It's, it's funnier. It's just probably not sustainable for him to <laughs> trash the building uh, but, but five I, times uh, an hour. I love that they obviously they definitely had to consider it, right? They had to make that wall break in that way. So when it eventually happened, it would I don't break know. Easy. I don't know if they if they thought of it like that. In, uh, in, I, I, in one of these articles, it said that they so, someone confirmed that they are actually breakaway panels. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that makes it sense. It might have been, yeah, because of testing and stuff like that, because they don't want, it probably knows, like, well, in a case that we don't want to hard, hit at something that won't give way. Mm-hmm. And so that acts as a net or something in a way. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's amazing, though. I mean, it's a pretty remarkable, you know, thing to show you, technologically speaking, where you're now getting robots actually performing stunts in the middle of shows. Yeah. Robots performing stunts for humans in the middle of a show is kind of a remarkable thing to think about. And as we progress and start moving to things that are more human-like and capable, yeah, you know, a future where you have super intelligent AI or very, very, very capable AI, uh, reusable spacecraft, and then autonomous robots walking around, which I think is something we're going to see by the end of the decade as well. Uh, when you start thinking about like, uh, like I had to put together, you know, some like IKEA furniture, and when you get to the point where you just say like, Hey, let me just rent a robot for $90 an hour and have it show up at my door and just have it put it together. 
I mean, that's pretty. That's of, pretty good. That's what uh, maybe two years off uh, as uh, for for what we've seen on trainable dexterity for all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I but I do think that that's and that's the thing you think about where you're like, ah, oh, I've got all this merch, I've got a ship. There's going to be a future where we're going to have like super AI dreadnought factories, or whatever, doing this stuff. It's like, oh, I've got all this merch, I've got a ship. Oh, well, I'll just order up four robots that know how to package and ship and read forms and stuff, and they just come in there and like, all right, Brian, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, we're actually going to shoot a lot of the salt water. Let's see what happens. But <laughs> who knows? Like, I, I, that's a thing where we, we and you think about what that does to you know that's people concerned about wanted to lower the cost of things. Like, if we talk about you know we've talked about fusion, fusion, like this decade's crazy because and I'm not saying all these things are going to happen, but fusion. Autonomous robots, super smart AI systems, and reusable rockets are four things that we may see in the next, by the end of this decade, which means that the 2030s will be insane. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Brian's like, I wonder how much of my workforce I could get robots for now. Uh, well, or, or, or even how much, uh, for example, like, the, the smarter the world gets the more it makes sense to ask yourself really dumb questions like why do i need a table and it's like uh, then you get weird answers like well so you can host a dinner party and it's like okay that's a thing or so you could play a tabletop game that's another one so you can have items that are there and present it's like okay well but for that one do you really need the items there to physically be there maybe maybe a visual representation of all the items that are in the clutter box or whatever. And then all of a sudden you start to think of something totally bizarre, like a table as a service, as, as a subscription, where for a uh, hundred dollars a year, uh, I, you, you, you say uh, dinner in 30 minutes, have it set for this. And all of a sudden it shows up and you don't know where it comes from. You know, that the food will be, the plates will be clean and all that stuff. Um, I, I I don't know. Uh, uh, like, imagine if all of your service le table. Uh, wait, I don't get it. Like sir le table, the, sh the store. The please, store. please continue. I don't know. Fancy. Please continue. It's a very fine. specific store yeah. that is pronounced okay. a very specific way. And I uh, got it. Got it. Okay. Um, they uh, call me the derailer. <laughs> <laughs> but my my point being, um, much like. A VR, a pair of VR glasses brings us 80% of the experience of playing mini golf together. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, why do you need actual mini golf courses? And, you know, you could, we could get closer to it with, with haptics and feedback or whatever. Uh, the smarter everything gets, the, the dumber the questions you get to ask. And like all of a sudden, I, it's like, like th there's trophies and awards that are up on the walls and they're there for a purpose. So that the moment you walk in, you know... We're a no BS media organization, but after NFTs, you know, what if it became physically impossible to display a certain award without authenticated certificates or whatever? Well, and right now, like I, I see that I can, I can, I, I follow the trail that you're setting and also like we're still a ways away from that. I could see, I could see where someone would have that thought and go like, we need a metaverse to make all of that make sense. Right. It would be great if I just had virtual uh, trophies in my virtual house in the virtual place. But like, I don't even have a VR headset, let alone 
the place where I can show off NFTs, let alone afford them, you know? Sure, but say say you so, spend a lot of time I think on they're the pretty road. affordable now. <laughs> I guess that's true. If you want to get in. <laughs> uh, but, but you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, you could build a robot that could do, you know, factory work, but it would also probably just be cheaper and quicker to pay a person to do it and, like, do it. Short term, well, yes. You say that, but long term, yeah. no. I, I would disagree. Uh, well, and and I don't. And see, I'm not. I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm saying yeah. like I have to live in 2022. Yeah. And that's the use. That's a, a useful. But also, well, he disagrees. I, so I don't disagree. No, but I think you disagree. We, I'm just. Saying. I'm ruling. You disagree. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> and a pie to the Well, we face. make we we make like when I when I realized. I'd done as much as I really wanted to do in TV and it wasn't as thrilling for me. You know, I made a choice that like, okay, I started to look forward and say like, oh, what's going to be the biggest thing? I'm like AI. And so uh, I started studying and getting into this before there was any incentive for me to do it. You know, mm -hmm. I started doing it was just because I knew this was going to be a place where things were going to accelerate and I wanted to be part of it. And I had to, I planned ahead and in that planning is why, Hey, what I do now. And so I, I think that, you know, I live in reality. I live right now, but I plan further out because I don't, I didn't want to be, if I was still trying to pitch TV shows and I hadn't embraced like, you know, online, like you guys had done, I would be in just progressively dire straits right now. I'd be trying to maybe trying to push my books and stuff for, you know, which maybe there could have been success there, but I'm like, no, I, I think I know where this is headed. And I think I know where, what skills will be needed. So let me just plan for that. And I think that for some people, I think it's a, I'm like, I, I'm not saying anything. About is, I'm not saying any of this is foolish. Um, no, think right. it's, it's I, dumb. I it's dumb. It's no, 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 I, I don't need like, to. Big, you don't need to be defensive about. Or there's yeah. no need to. There's like I'm not. No need to call people an idiot. Oh like, I'm not defensive. If you're the one who's defensive, no, yeah. Bryce, the second Bryce, time this week, it's gonna be a dumb. We can get past it, Bryce. I hear you because you're saying all of that is true, and yet. In some ways, totally inapplicable to the boots on the ground experience that we're having right this minute. Right, like how long has the internet been around? And that's about one life expectancy time. left for 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 old Bryce, probably. I like I've only got a couple. I've only got so many decades left on the planet. And I bet we hey, will do a hey, lot as humans. Hey. No, but but seriously, we will could, do a I lot think, in the next. No, you're gonna be around for longer. <laughs> Don't be hard All on yourself. All that talk about replacing you—that was, that was talk, a joke. Bryce. It was a bit on the internet, Bryce. I, I am here for you. You have my full attention. I am hearing every word. <laughs> but the, and so I I think it's I think I think both thoughts can exist. Is that. Someone has to be Harry Seldon, and someone has to <laughs> put the fire. Be the out. other guy. Yeah. Well, I, but I mean, I, I literally, I'm a guy that while we were podcasting was putting fires out on my phone. And yeah. so I'm a guy that I have things I have to deal with that, but also mm -hmm. my concern is like, I, I was I posting example, a be like, real. You know, we have uh, you know, we had Dolly come out, the image generation system and, and, and it's amazing. It's cool. And I get every day I get my inbox. Like I have like like Pixar directors and stuff going, oh my God, I want access to this. This is amazing. And people who are having this holy cow moment about stuff. And you're like, and absolutely not. For... Absolutely not. No. My friends haven't been whitelisted yet, so you need to get in line. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, 
if my friends needed access, they would know what to say. So um, <laughs> we, we were told to get on the list. <laughs> All right, I Andrew, need to... I am 100% on your side. <laughs> I'm not going to let either of them step in the way. I'm here for you. <laughs> I had made assumptions that I now realize are not true. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Dolly, Dolly's out. Dolly's crushing Dolly it. Two, Dolly 2. Dolly 2, which, by the way, I want everybody to, to, to know that the memes that are, are overtaking Twitter... That is a, a different thing. Whole no- Dolly mini, mini Dolly is not Dolly. No, it is. It is uh, hilariously crappy compared yeah. to the amazing fidelity of Dolly too. And it shows like just how little access people will need for something like this to be spectacular. Because Dolly Mini, all I hear about it is like, oh, isn't it funny how to kind of crappy it is and it's always down. Like if it was up all the time and it worked a lot, what uh, really well, like. Maybe Dolly Two does. Um, that it'd be less funny because it would be funny, but it would be yes because like part of the fact that they're like crappy is I think what what makes it memeable. It, it's an actual utility. It, Dolly Two is actually just amazing. It's it's just a miracle that happens. So yeah, I, we're ramping up Dolly access as much as we can, and literally because it's a very advanced system. It's it's finding computers to do this. Yeah, it's it's resource uh, intensive. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is a thing. It is very much if if we were able to get this up, this doing as fast as we can. Yeah, because it, it is there, and it is. But it is exciting to see what's going on in other places, other systems, other places, and doing this. And that's the rate at which you know, through two months ago, people were barely even aware of how advanced computers were at creating images, and. You know, part of what I work with in my communications role is dealing with reporters and other people. And there's been a lot of, oh, oh that polar bear. Oh, that's my video. Um, a lot of these amazing sort of moments of people going, holy cow, holy cow, holy cow. And they're not going to become more infrequent. They're going to be more frequent with moments of people going, wow. And, think, and we have graphic designers and we've been working with a team. We have artist access. We've been giving people access. We're artists and working on this because we want to create, we want to get input from artists because we don't want to be too disruptive. We want to be a thing that builds and you know, the example I give is imagine it's 1826 and you're you're painting a portrait by the you know the lake and along some comes some dude who shows you a photograph. Yeah. You're like, what's that? How did you do this? No, it's it's an image, it's a chemical, it's a scientific process that makes this. And you're looking at your paintbrush and all the paints that you had to go get, and you're looking at this photograph, and you're like, Well, as long as it doesn't do color, I'm okay, right? Right? <laughs> and and imagine somebody's like, you know what, time travelers, this is a photograph, and also uh let me tell you about a guy named James Cameron and explain to you what he does for a living. Try to imagine that in 1826. Yeah. What would be your analogy? He's like, he directs plays, but the plays are captured and, and then, and like, and, but with actors, right? Well, not everybody's an actually his actors are. I mean, what, what, one thing you definitely know is uh, you could say that dude went to the bottom of the ocean, like all the way to the bottom. The one thing I would say is if I'm in the 1800s, I'd be like, don't go on the Titanic. There's a whole movie that's very bad yeah, for won. everyone who goes. On. So if somebody's like, hey, man, let's go on the Titanic, say no. That's a death trap. But to my point, though, imagine if you tried to explain to them what James Cameron does or what an Avatar 2 is. And they're like, I'll just take you. And you took them to the set where this is you'd be like, what is this town? What is this? Well, it's not actually a town. This is a movie studio. And these people yeah. just come here to work. What are they making? Why? It would be confusing. And do you, I don't think the future is going to be less confusing for us. No. I think it's going to be more. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm being reminded that that's my time, y'all. Uh, uh, love you guys. All right. Bye. Uh, my, my pick is I read that uh, uh, Harvard has a Python course, and I'm thinking about taking it this semester. Should I? Over like it's, a unit No, course. it's free. Don't. Just kidding. Do it. I mean, Just either do that or get a, go get a good Udemy. I don't know how good the Harvard stuff is, but Udemy stuff is good, too. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, think about it. Yeah, right. I learn Python however you want. Like, I, I like self-taught, self-paced stuff, but, um, yeah, if it's, if it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't like, for me, like, learning programming languages where it's, like, 11-week course or 10-week course, for me, it's like, I just, just give me the material. You know what's wild is, is I, I may invite my nine-year-old to learn with To me. learn Python? Yeah, yeah. She's like, probably already learning great. some in school. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Bye. 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 Uh, I got a pick. What's your pick? All right. So I'm, I'm on a Dennis Miller kick. Okay. Chat yeah. G. Uh, and uh, I had been a while since I'd watched any of his HBO series, Dennis Miller Live. So I was like, okay, let me go and find a, you know, uh, where Dennis Miller Live is streaming. Guess what? Not. Not on HBO Max, not on Hulu, not on Prime Video. So I just had to go to YouTube and search for full episodes. And I'll tell you what, man, that show was so funny. It was it was so great. And it was largely because you never were afraid that it was not going to be political or topical because everything that he said was political and topical. Uh, But the themes that he would wrap his shows around were kind of like it was like it's like royalty was one episode. Parenthood was was another one. These like gigantic themes uh, that that then would be wrapped in with a bunch of jokes of of the moment. And it reminded me kind of how much comedy has sort of shifted where if you, uh, uh, you know, you, you watch stuff now and everything has to be very of the moment, extraordinarily of the moment. Uh, that's actually the. That's, that's that's live or that's yeah. not live. That's the show. Yeah, yeah. This was this was the HBO one in the in the mid to late nineties, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's great. Dennis Miller is one of the greatest monologists ever. Uh, uh, the show is so well paced. Uh, it's a- extraordinarily funny and uh, randomly, uh, Rosie O'Donnell at that point at a top of all of uh, daytime television just takes some wild swipes at. Brett Butler, the female comedian of the 90s. That oh. is like borderlining <laughs> unprofessional, but I loved it. Wow. Very of the moment. I'm like clicking through this and it's a lot of like uh, just still images. So that's that's like, it's like the, it, it's three parts of the show. There's the monologue, uh. the interview, and then the the end is him just doing like a, a still black and white images where he just makes jokes about the 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 images and it's just kind of like uh, rapid fire. I see. But uh, uh awesome dennis miller's hilarious nice so you found those on youtube yeah i just dennis miller live full episodes nice um i gotta pick um uh partially so i can maybe talk a little bit about how i'm using it but um my pick is uh going to be airtable Airtable airtable.com i've talked about this before but it's basically a way it's a it's a it's a uh, database that you can access and edit just via a browser and you don't have to figure out coding or stuff. And uh, uh, I've started up, what's nice about Airtables is they basically just let you have as many of them as you like for free, as long as they're not huge, gigantic, like enterprise things. And so I started one up um, for all of the marble stuff that I'm starting to do. 
And I'm, you know, having done so much of the YouTube stuff with Brian over the years, like uh, uh, kind of taking a new project and being like, okay, how would I, what, what new ways might I, if I was starting fresh, starting new, how would I organize things? How would I put stuff together? Um, and so, you know, not only do I like have this nice detailed bit of metadata of this thing that I've got, um, but I've also got something that ultimately I could turn into like a web application. If people were like, hey, I wanted to watch this marbles race from this day, uh, if I could, I click some buttons and find the right one. And the answer is like, probably like, like very future proofing um, something to the point where like, if there was enough stuff on this, I probably could make something that looked a little like Netflix just with like YouTube stuff because mm. that's that's how how detailed and, and uh, connected some of this data is easy to, to create. So um, it's 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 really interesting, and I I like having Airtable because I feel like when I'm using it, I am understanding bits of using a real database, um, and so if ever this was like, hey this is something you should make a real thing out of you it, you would be a couple of steps ahead um instead of taking a bunch of proprietary data so uh airtable.com i think it's really good nice i uh have a lot of friends that use it and love it and so yeah i think everybody doing data stuff is, is super useful my pick is and i i recommend you guys subscribe to this channel at least give it a shot or watch a few, few videos this is coffeezilla and what this dude does is he basically goes after a lot of a lot of a lot of scams but mainly a lot of crypto scams and a lot of like bs coin drops and stuff like this and he's been getting doxxed and people have been oh. super onto his case and trying to take him down but he keeps at it and he's got a lot of integrity uh and he he's i think he's very fair with this stuff and he reviews courses but uh, it's Copyzilla on YouTube, and he breaks things down. Why does he talks about like what's a rug pull? You know, rug pull is when the celebrity comes out and says, hey, "Everybody, we got this new coin. We think it's going to be great. Everybody, go buy it." And the moment it pumps up, they just take all their money out and leave you holding the coin until it plummets in value. Uh, he talks about this and calls out name personalities, and it dealt with multiple cases of where you know people tried to basically go after him and you know assassinate his character and make lies up about him, etc. Uh, the dude is like doing hardcore, real investigative journalism. The detail at which he goes, he'll go check the coin wallets and said, well, so-and-so said this, but if we look at their wallet, we track the transactions. Uh, just, just a very, very fascinating. And, you know, like I, the last time I saw somebody with this sort of tenacity and energy, it was reminded me of, you know, of Randy, you know, going after the psychics wow. and stuff. Mm. So Coffeezilla, highly recommend the channel. Nice. Guy should get a MacArthur. Nice. Yeah. So, gentlemen, it's been after. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>